Hello and welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to part two of a two-part deep dive into TVXQ. So if you didn't listen to our first deep dive, we covered the first few years of five-member TVXQ. And when we left off, the group had split and Yuno and Changmin were on hiatus. So we're going to now go through the second half of their discography, taking us all the way to today. But we are not really going to introduce the members again because we already did that. So yeah, we've got you know yeah. his face is longer. We got Changmin; he's the taller one. You know is very passionate, and Changmin is a stick in the mud. There you go. <laughs> That's all you need to know about them. Yeah, pretty much. And if you want to know more and you didn't already listen to our first part, then please do. Yeah, you should go back. Mm -hmm. Listen in order. Exactly. All right. (laughs) Ready to jump in? Yes. Okay. So our timeline begins August 21st, 2010. Uh, the, at the SM Town Live 10 World Tour, after months of inactivity, Yuno and Changmin debut as two at the opening show of the SM Town World Tour in Seoul, and they perform re-recorded versions of older songs, but they had slightly different set lists in every city. Um, and apparently this first concert was six hours long. Holy crap. That. And that's the insane. SM Town? Was yeah. It, the that, SM oh Town. Oh my God. They were just part of it because it's like the whole SM the Town. six hour yeah, SM yeah, yeah. Town. What I wouldn't give. I know. Oh my insane. God. But so this was like their re-emergence because as I said in the last episode, when the whole split happened, Yuno and Changmin made a statement each that was very like passive and like nice and just like, Oh, I hope we can solve this quickly. Mm -hmm. And then they never said anything again. So this is the first time that we're seeing them and they kind of get like unveiled Mm -hmm. as two. Um, at the Madison Square Garden show, they performed The Way You Are and Merotic, like a mashup, Maximum Before You Go, and Keep Your Head Down, which we'll talk more about in a minute. Um, they had not been active in Korea since the beginning of the Merotic tour, which was in February of 2009. And both Yuno and Changmin have since stated that they were very, very nervous after their first stage with just the two of them. They talk about it in the I Am documentary, how they thought of this as a re-debut for, both, for them as a group. And that they were both afraid that their fans had left them Mm -hmm. because as we talked about at the end of last episode the fandom was deeply fractured yes and being very mean to each other so i'm sure they were also Mm -hmm. nervous if anyone was gonna show up yeah if anyone was going to show up here and they after their first like run through when it was just the two of them on the stage they both didn't really think that they could do it and they even briefly talked about having new members to like fill out the five but lee suman saw their test stage and said no like i think you should do it as just two like just give it a try so the sm town tour was kind of an experiment to to see whether or not um, the two of them wanted to continue as two. But the performances were really well received, so that encouraged Yuno and Changmin to stick together. Um, and SM brought in a new line of producers to start working on the new album like pretty much right away. 
In September of 2010, Avex Group, which is the Japanese label that TVXQ was originally under, um, they had, the last time we saw them, sided with JYJ in June of 2010, and they had closed out the five-member contracts with with Rhythm's with rhythm zone rhythm zone rhythm zone with rhythm zone but just a few months later they backtrack completely drop jyj citing a conflict with their new company cjes or cjes and avex declares support for the remaining tvxq members and on november 24th announce a new record contract with the two and rhythm zone's sister label avex tracks well, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Couldn't stay away. Yeah, couldn't stay away. Couldn't they stay away. clearly bet on the they bet on the wrong horse. They but bet on I'm the wrong I'm surprised horse. they were quickly that they so quickly were like we were wrong, we were wrong. Come back, please. We were wrong. They came back so <laughs> fast, and there are different moments throughout the timeline where I'm like, oh, you guys were working hard to make this up to them. Like they really. Honestly, I really do feel like between both AVEX and SM, it seems like just the sheer quality of like music and the money behind music videos and and the the cohesiveness Mm -hmm. of like what TVXQ is from this point seems to me that both companies were just like desperate to make it up to yeah. them like sm wanted to reward them for staying mm-hmm. and avex was sorry was for trying not to picking them in the for first place yeah. and like yeah it just seems like they got the royal treatment from here on out yeah. for surviving this mm-hmm. i totally split. agree and i think it that them thinking of this as a re-debut totally fits because this really is a completely different era and chapter of the group. For sure. Um, so on January 5th, 2011, this new era officially begins with their fifth album, Keep Your Head Down, and the title track of the same name. This song was composed by Yu Young Jin and Yu Han Jin, which is a brother team. Mm-hmm. And we actual talked, brothers. Yes, not actual like brothers. Grave brothers is one person. Yeah, no, these are actual <laughs> brothers, and they don't have a producer team n- team Smart. name. Smart. <laughs> They're just their names. But we talked about Yu Young Jin in the first episode because, uh, or the first part, because he has written most of TVXQ's music from like up until this point and continuing on. Mm-hmm. He like is the main TVXQ writer, but he's also a main writer for SM. Right. And he is the creator of SMP, which is called which is SM Music Production. Um, and this is like what we call the SM sound and it's known for being like dark, heavy and electronic. Rising Sun is the first like example of SMP and that is by Yu Young Jin and that is a five member TVXQ song but Keep Your Head Down is a continuation of that um, and we will continue to see that coming up because eventually we'll see how the song how the sound of Yu Young Jin and TVXQ kind of grows outside of that. Mm-hmm. This album was produced by many, many people, um, including Lee Suman and Kenzie, but some of the outside producers that they brought in for it were Outsiders and E-Tribe. E-Tribe are the ones who um, did, they did G for Girls' Generation, uh, Tiara, Ya Ya Ya, It's You for Super Junior, a lot of different stuff. Uh, the music video for Keep Your Head Down is like, 
It's very smoky and dusty. Like it opens with like a dance break of them like kicking dust around in slow motion. Um, And there's just kind of like dirt and slow-mo and shadows. They have capes on their costumes. There's fire and like a lot of the boxy sets have like light shining through like Mm -hmm. harshly through pinholes and like geometric shapes. And Changmin's chest is out and they have suits that have like patterned fur accents it's just so it's so drama and wonderful it's so dramatic and the um look of them with like one of them with their chest out and the other one with like a full shirt and tie and the one who has their chest out always has like a crazy like dramatic fur collar Mm -hmm. and that's the look that they have at the madison square garden in the i am documentary right which was my first ever exposure yes first time i ever saw them and that like image and performance has like imprinted in my brain as what tvxq is yeah so the fact that they also continue that look in this music video was just like oh okay right. yes this is what they do and they always take turns Who, whoever has a chest out the other one, one at a time up. one at a time it would be too powerful <laughs> otherwise um yeah the lyrics to keep your head down are about getting over a break de- about getting over a break Ugh, why can't i finish this i'm having a stroke getting over a breakup Uh, Like, keep your head down. You look pretty, but inside you're so different. And that's what I'm afraid of. I said I loved you, but I'll let you go. Um, But, like, I love this song. I love this song. I I love this song. Yeah, me too. I really love this song. It's, I think it's a really fun example of SMP because it's super melodic all the way through, like, triangle without the tracks part. And like I like I said in the last like I would have loved that song if it didn't have that part and this song doesn't have that part so I love it it's great and they're like keep your head down and the way that yes, they like that they, they push, like, push their, their heads, heads down. down it's so good oh it's so good I love this song um it also this song has like a meme associated with it I don't I meant to look up exactly what concert it like happened at but one time during a concert when they perform this song there's a big part at the beginning where like you know does this big chesty like circular move mm-hmm. and at the concert he used that move to scream Changmin happy birthday <laughs> and he like did it so seriously and that's just like a very funny thing that you can do at any point <laughs> just doing it with the big growl it's so funny it's so funny <laughs> they definitely talked about it on um an episode of knowing brothers that the two went on like after i think during like chance of love promotions or something and changmin was so embarrassed <laughs> that he did that and he does it and like changmin comes out like right after that part so he had to like school his face and, like <laughs> yes because they have to be very serious <laughs> they like face each other yeah. at a point in the song and like yeah. sing in each other's faces and like push each other's shoulders mm-hmm. it like it's very like con- confrontational yes because the very end well there's a lot of parts where they like sing at each other's faces but then at the end they basically have like a note battle where they just like stand yes. on opposite sides of the stage and like sing at each other and it's awesome it's awesome it's super there's awesome. like marching band like horns in it it's just like a huge production but this song was actually originally written as a solo track for You Know. Uh-huh. And that is how it was performed at the SM Town World Tour. But it was later chosen as the lead single and it was released with the music video on January 3rd. And it was immediately met with media scrutiny because the lyrics were thought to be a diss track toward JYJ. And I read that several TVXQ fans and JYJ fan sites withdrew their initial support because they thought it was a diss track. Um, and there are like 
some of the lyrics that I thought kind of maybe could definitely be applied to their situation were like, you said you can't come back. You've always believed that I'd crumble without you. That's a misunderstanding. Why would I do that? I was really, really sad because you were so immature. All you do is speak of lies. You're such a two-faced person. I've let you go and now my heart is empty, but my future is gesturing toward me to get up and smile. I'm letting you go. So, like, you totally can apply, I think, these lyrics to many different situations. And I honestly, truly believe that SM does that shit on purpose. Oh, 100%. Because they absolutely, after Taeyeon, Baekhyun, she released nothing but breakup songs for, like, Mm -hmm. two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were doing that on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all on purpose. Absolutely. They, like, it's, if if you can interpret something Mm -hmm. extra, then you gotta listen to the song again. Like, it's yeah. all marketing, baby. And the fact that you know and Changmin <laughs> did keep their heads down. They did like, keep their heads they down. They did. They, like, that's what they did. And now they're coming back and they're coming out on top. And look at the royal treatment that they're going to get as a result. Right. Keep your head down. Anyway, you know and Changmin completely denied this. <laughs> and they said that the they always claimed the lyrics had been misinterpreted, saying, quote, it's just a song about a man's anger toward the woman that threw him away. That's all. But lyrically, the whole album does explore dark themes of relationships, betrayal, and self-empowerment. So like you said, they're definitely doing it on purpose. (laughs) This album debuted at number one on the Gown Weekly chart, and it stayed there for two consecutive weeks. It debuted at number four on both Taiwan's G Music and Japan's Oricon charts, and it became the third best-selling album of the year. The single won seven music show trophies in three consecutive weeks and sold over 1.3 million digital copies in South Korea, becoming one of the group's most commercially successful singles. They released a Japanese version of this on January 26th. Uh, This was their 31st single and the ninth (laughs) to break the top five on Oricon. The Japanese singles make me laugh. I know. There's just so many of them. We're almost, by the end of this, we will almost be at 50. Holy crap. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Their Japanese version was certified platinum by the Recording Industry Association of Japan, and it became the second best-selling Japanese single and was used in Just Dance We. Oh, fun. (laughs) They also released two B-sides as singles, Athena, which was an OST for a drama called Athena, Goddess of War. And I really like that song. It's one of my favorite (laughs) B-sides off the track or off that album. But they also released Journey. This was an OST for a Changmin drama called Paradise Ranch, which I had never heard of before, but I want to try and find because it's about a divorced couple who married at 19, then meet six years later and rediscover their feelings. And Changmin plays the husband. Oh, wow. So I really want to find that. I've never seen him act in anything, I don't think. I know. And it's supposed to be a rom-com. Okay. So we'll have to try and find that. that. one. Uh, Changmin has a lyric credit on the B-side Confession, um, and they released another music video for How Can I, but it's like a strange, it's not a real music video, it's just photos, but it's an official, it's from the SM Town YouTube channel, and like it was released as a separate single, and I have no explanation for it, but it exists. Yep. While promoting Keep Your Head Down, of course, both of the members were asked many, many times about the split. Um, And they were even asked if they would ever reunite with the other three, to which Yuno stated, quote, they first have to settle the problem with the agency, and then we can have a conversation with them to solve our problem. I just feel so sorry about this situation. That's just an excerpt of a much longer quote, but Yuno always chose, like, the very diplomatic answers. 
But Changmin, apparently somebody told him that uh, there were comments by JYJ that they were and would be members of TVXQ. And in response to this, Changmin said, quote, TVXQ was created by SM. Our five members had held activities pleasantly, receiving great love from our fans. Two of us have never left the group, and we are still at our post. I think that it is contradictory that someone who had already left the group is saying that he's still one of the members. Well... (laughs) Which is true. It's true. (laughs) Which is true. They're still at their post. (laughs) I love that phrasing. (laughs) Anyway, like I said, both of them agreed to view the release as a re-debut, and they tried to focus the album on highlighting the individuality and harmony of just the two of them. They were always known for their main vocals, so Changmin said, quote, We used to focus on the chorus part when we were a five-member group, but this time we tried to choose a song that could highlight our vocals. As we focused on our individualities, our album includes various songs in different genres. Yuno said, We wanted to fill the empty places that the other three members used to stand. We created a concept where we look similar, but totally different. With the concern that only two members' performance could not match the group's powerful performance, we adopted an even more powerful dance. We wanted to shake off all those concerns of people about us who are continuing activities with just the two of us. We really did our best preparing for the new album not to disappoint ourselves. We came to understand each other like a married couple. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think... Is so true. That yeah. is definitely their <laughs> relationship. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that they did like, because the way that we were talking, we were talking before we started recording about how like two member two VXQ yes. is very different mm-hmm. and has like a different sound. And I think it is overall mo- more cohesive. Yes. And like the previous albums had usually this SMP title track and then a ton of beautiful like ballads acapella and acapellas yeah. and like gorgeous five-part vocalists. But I don't know, the like fun, groovy side of TVXQ that comes out now in their B-sides is like, and then like the albums as a whole is so fun. Yeah. And it is what I think of when I think of. TVXQ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, them being a duo, there's just something about them being yeah. two people. Mm-hmm. And like, it's rare in K-pop to only be two people, but it like, they are rare. so good at being two people. Like you don't need anyone mm-hmm. else. And they're both really different from each other, but they complement each other yes. super well. And yeah, I don't know. It just like works. It works so nicely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like the way that they were worried about filling those three spots, like when you see two member TVXQ, I never think the stage is lacking anything. Like Mm. both of them have such huge stage personas. Like it's, to me, it was like baffling to learn that they used to be five. You right. know what I mean? Like, and we always knew that because that's how we met them in the I Am documentary. Right, where they but then, like, <laughs> dress it. But yeah, sure. but then to see them be two, it was like, what? Like, why would you even need three other yeah. people? So, why would you even need three other people? No. They don't. They don't. Not for any of us. <laughs> So they continue as two, and on March 16th, they release a repackage called Before You Go. This song was also composed by Yu Young Jin and Yu Han Jin. I saw another source that credited Yu Nam Young, but I couldn't find more than one. Yeah, so. 
So the music video, there's several music videos for this and we can yes. talk about it, but the general shorter version is just basically an emotional singing duo singing really hard around traumatic events. Yes. There's like a plot line. There's a 16 minute version of this. It's a full drama, but the plot line appears to be that like, you know, and Chungmin work for some kind of spy security firm oh, of some I know sort. The whole oh, plot. you know the whole plot? Please allow me to Please, regale. Please go ahead. Okay. So, you know, Chang Min and these two actors, a guy and a girl, uh, Che Jong Yoon and a girl named Ara, they are childhood friends who came up in the detective police academy mm -hmm. together, but they're morally questionable police officers because one of them is working for the mafia and he gets told to shoot one of the witnesses. So he snipes him from a, um, from a roof, but he misses and he, hits and he shoots, you know, you know in, the, in leg. the leg and then he shoots again and Chang Min sees him and suspects that it's him. So then he confronts him and he's like, you shot, you know, like our friendship is dead. You mean nothing to me. And the guy is like, well, no, you can't like, you don't understand. Because what Changmin doesn't know is that he's being like blackmailed or something. He has to take care of his like little sister or something. And the mafia boss is forcing him to be a mole. Blah. You know, finds out because he sees security footage that confirms that it's the guy, the friend who shot him. And he chooses to delete it because he says, my friend must have a reason and he doesn't want him to get into trouble. But then the mafia boss tells the crooked cop that he has to kill Changmin and he gives him a secret message in a book, which, you know, cracks. And he knows, oh no, he's going to have to kill Changmin. And then there's an epic battle and the guy, crooked cop, dies. No, the crooked cop doesn't die. The reason he has to kill Changmin, the reason he has to kill Changmin is because the mafia boss has kidnapped his sister mm. and the sister gets shot and dies. Oh, no. And that's how the music video ends. Oh, no. Well, I also saw that this also got folded into a continued, are they still taking pot shots at JYJ? I found an oh, article really? about the music video and some of the comments were like that part where, you know, screams like, but he was my friend. And that they were all like thinking that this friend betrayal oh. plot line is another mm. part of the friend betrayal because they were betrayed by their friends. It is another betrayal plot. But anyway, around all of this, they are also wearing white suits and doing like the thrustiest, rolliest, like fucking choreo. And this song is a banger. Oh my God. I love it. I need someone to explain <laughs> to me why this plot of a music video was attributed On this song. to this song. Because it's literally like so sexy, groovy R&B. Like it's so good. And the dance version of them just doing it in the all white suits is like so sexy yeah. and good and like why <laughs> well why? i mean the lyrics to this song are like like it is just like a slow jam but it's very very self-pitying the chorus is just know before you go that i'm an idiot scumbag who couldn't protect you oh. and you're making a good choice by leaving me it's like very like you gotta get away yes. from me like so I don't know if that's why they decided to go with mafia plotline, but I guess I don't know. the crooked cop is the one who's like, I'm terrible. You know, you should <laughs> just leave me. Meh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's such a good groovy song. It is. It's really good. This repackage debuted at number one on the Gown and Huntail real-time charts within the first hour of its release. Uh, and it won two music shows, The Music Trend and Music Bank. 
Uh, there were three new tracks on it, all of which were remixes of Before You Go. <laughs> One of which is a monologue version where they just like speak hey, girl. <laughs> and they like talk <laughs> for a really long time. And honestly, I really, really, really like that version. <laughs> it's very good. Um, and then there's an instrumental as well. I also found an article that in August, like several months after this album came out, it got added to a banned albums list because Mm. of the long music video for, quote, promoting violence and gambling. And SM submitted evidence to refute it. I couldn't find any article if they ever got it lifted, but... That meant that for August, until they got it figured, they had to put stickers on, like, parental Mm -hmm. stickers on the album, because that's what happens with bands. Which is very interesting that they got flagged for that, because TVXQ, gambling is, like, a common motif for them. Mm -hmm. And so, like, just keep that in mind, because Mm -hmm. it's going to come back up a lot. (laughs) Their next release, they went back to Japan. So in July, on July 20th, They released their 32nd Japanese single called Superstar. This debuted at number one on the Billboard Japan Hot 100 and number two on the Oricon Weekly, number one on the Daily. And it was certified gold uh, within the first week. It was originally written with English lyrics and is called Everyday Superstar. And this is a song that is recorded by the Irish pop duo Jedward. Oh my God, Jedward! (laughs) Yeah. I know. What a throwback. <laughs> so Jedward released the song Everyday Superstar, which is an English version of Superstar, on their second album called Victory. The lyrics are completely different in meaning, mm. aside from the use of the word superstar. Um, and after the release, TVXQ toured with uh, AVEX's A Nation Summer Concert from July to August. They performed as the closing act for the Tokyo Stop, which made them the first foreign artist to close the festival and broke Ayumi Hamasaki's record of closing the show eight years in a row. Wow. AVEX was really trying to apologize. Uh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> In September, on September 28th, they released their fifth Japanese album called Tone, and the pre-release single of this was called B-U-T, spelled B, period, U, period, T, parentheses, B-U-T, like the word beauty. Got it. This was a 15-track album. It debuted at number one on Oricon, um, and it's their first full studio album to do so. It surpassed their previous five-member album with over 200,000 copies sold in the first week, making TVXQ the second overseas artist to ever do so, and beating the sales of the previous record holder, who was Bon Jovi, (laughs) from their 2000 album, Crash. Wow. Yeah. This album was certified platinum, and it is still, to this day, TVXQ's best-selling Japanese album. So that is their first as two. Okay. Most of their Japanese records are going to be set from here on On out. So buckle up, because we have a lot of them. Yeah, I pulled, I, the Jap, like, with the Japanese releases, since we said there's 50 of them, I we can't talk about every single one and not all of them need talking about, but I did pull clips and moments from this one because I love how many, they say B U T T T T. They say T a bunch of times, which is very funny. And then there's also these little spoken lines of baby, what you want from me. And like, I just, I love that stuff. This song is really fun. I kind of thought it sounded like a shiny song. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. From October to November of this year, 2011, they perform at different music festivals around the world. The Hallyu Dream Concert in South Korea on October 3rd. The KBS Global New York, New York Korea Festival in New Jersey on October 9th. SM Town at Madison Square Garden on October 23rd. And K-Pop Music Fest in Sydney, Australia on November 12th. That same month in November on the 30th, they released another Japanese single, which was called Winter. Well, it's a duo called Winter Rose slash Duet. Winter version. Yes. <laughs> it's a holiday single. It peaked at number two on Oricon, and it was certified gold. On December 13th, 2011, they also released what I labeled as a non-album single, but really they participated in an SM Town Winter mm. co- uh, compilation album called 2011 SM Town Winter the warmest gift uh, and they sing sleigh ride this is the first compilation album that sm put out in four years it's the first to have all of the songs entirely in english and this is just a cover an english it's just a cover of that i hear those sleigh bells jingling ding ding yeah exactly all right that same month december 2011 uh they performed keep your head down at the 62nd kohaku udagasen japanese new year's eve festival i talked about that festival in the previous episode it's a really big deal to be invited to that episode it's a barometer of success in uh in japan only the most popular artists of the year get invited in january of 2012 they launched their fifth japanese tour called the tone tour this is their first tour as two and it grossed over 93 million us dollars and sold out in minutes it had 26 shows in 10 cities from january to april including three shows at the tokyo dome which made tvxq the third foreign artist after michael jackson and the backstreet boys to ever uh, headline three shows at the Tokyo Dome and the first Korean artist to headline the Dome for three consecutive days. Beautiful. This tour had over 550,000 attendees and it set the record for the highest attendance for a concert by a Korean artist in Japan. Half a million people. (laughs) Half a million people and it's just the beginning. That's crazy. On March 14th in 2012, they released their 34th Japanese single called Still. This debuted at number one on the Oricon and Billboard Japan. <laughs> Billboard Japan Hot 100. My mouth is not working We're, today. It's hard. It's hard, y'all. <laughs> this number one single made TVXQ the first and currently the only foreign artist to release 10 number one singles in Japan. It sold over 100,000 copies in the first week and was certified gold, and it stayed in the charts for eight weeks. The hair looks so fluffy and nice in this video. It's a is note. That what it's you a wrote? note from me. <laughs> just a note that they, it's just like the music video is just them like walking slowly, singing this ballad in like a house in different yeah, coats in like and things. A cafe. But they both have like fluffy perms and like yes. lots of hair, and they look so cute. That was also my note like blonde, <laughs> you know? And Changmin has like a shorter version of the Rachel. Mm-hmm. It looks really cute. <laughs> From June to July, they went on a fan meet tour called The Mission. And this was a fan meet tour in Japan. It was a fan meet with over 100,000 fans over four days in Saitama and Kobe, which was the largest fan club event by a Hallyu group in Japan and the first fan event that they held in more than three and a half years. Well, good. I'm glad 100,000 people showed up after mm-hmm. all that time. Yep, and their fans were still there. They were worried. They were. And 100,000 people came. 
On July 11th, 2012, they released their 35th Japanese single called Android. This debuted at number one on the Oricon Weekly and Daily Singles Charts. It sold over 98,000 copies in the first day. Wow. And over 150,000 in the first week and was certified gold. The sales pushed their total single sales in Japan to be over 3.1 million, which broke a 10-year, 10-month record that was held by the Carpenters for the highest single sales of any international artist in Japan. The other artists in this top five include the Bee Gees, Simon and Garfunkel, and the Beatles. TVXQ, what they're better than the Beatles. You heard it here first, (laughs) y'all. This single also broke their own record of being the first international artist to top the Oricon chart 11 times. Um, And my notes after watching this one were just like, I was overwhelmed by how strong their aesthetic is. Yes. And that this Japanese comeback like directly leads into the next Korean comeback. Mm -hmm. And then they start to like go together. Yes. Which is fascinating because I feel like never do K-pop and J- and J-pop like releases That's they're so usually true. super different or kind of mm-hmm. weird or whatever but like they get so goddamn cohesive from this point yeah, yeah, and they yeah. have like a color scheme and a look and the way that their box videos are geometric and like I don't mm-hmm. know they like they have a thing yeah. that looks like TVXQ now totally totally they have a yeah they have like a music video formula and they have like a silhouette that they stick to Mm -hmm. um and it's it's really good this song i thought felt way more k-pop than most of their other japanese singles and i think that you're right that they're we're gonna see a lot more like meshing from here on out my other note for this song and like listen to both and tell me if you think i'm right but i think this song sounds exactly like shiny picasso there's that the part that's like in the pre-chorus yes yeah i agree yeah i agree (laughs) So leading into their next Korean comeback, on September 24th, 2012, they released their sixth Korean album, Catch Me, with the title track of the same name. And we are going to save this sound clip for the very end because Catch Me is their most watched music video of two people. So we're going to watch that at the end. This song, another perfect example of SMP. Um, This is composed again by Yoo Young Jin and his brother, Yoo Han Jin. Um, the music video was filmed in an art house. We'll comment on it when we get to look at it later. Yes. It has like a very iconic, important piece of choreo, costuming. It's all a thing. We'll get to it. Yes. Well, we are going to talk a little bit about the choreography okay. just because it's important. Well, the point is, is that the their costumes and the dancers' costumes in every performance and in the music video, they have silver arms because yes. they do these really cool linky uppy mm-hmm. like and make shapes with their silver arms like yeah. scary machinery. And it's really neat. It's really cool. It's very, very cool. Um, I did put the dance practice in the in the playlist because it has the cloud room. The SM cloud room. Oh, yes. The cloud room. Um, so the lyrics to this one are like, this isn't it, so now I'm leaving you. The like person who is singing the song is like leaving their partner. They're very fed up. They like really want to break up, but they're also super pissed that the person is not begging Mm. them to stay. So they're saying like, baby, catch me. Like they want the person to beg them so that they can be like, no, (laughs) I'm not going to stay. But they're mad that they're not more pissed about the breakup. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Hmm. Interesting. How could we, how could we We apply that? (laughs) 
This album went to number one on Gown for three consecutive weeks and became their thir- the third best-selling album of the year. It also won Gown's album of the year for the fourth quarter. The single itself peaked at number 16 and 25 on Billboard Korea Hot 100. So the single itself didn't actually do as well as some of their other singles, but the album still went to number one. So this choreography is important to talk about um, because it is done by Tony Testa. He has choreographed for Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson, and he's also responsible for many, many, many super, super, super iconic SM dances, such as Sherlock and Dreamgirl and Everybody and Wolf and Lionheart. (laughs) Wow. He said that the choreography was inspired by the Avengers, and in Korea, it's known as the Hulk dance. Okay. Because of, oh, that part where they do the smashes. Uh Uh-huh, when they do the smashes (laughs) at the beginning. And he actually tested four different versions of the choreography, but ultimately used a combination of all four. I found this quote from him about choreographing it, and I thought it was funny because this is like, it's... Well, let me say it first. Okay. The beat was two places at once. On one end, it was this really hard-hitting heavy dubstep, and then it would just flip on a dime into this light piano-tingled floating verse and chorus. So I was like constantly at war with myself, trying to figure out how I was going to make this song come to life conceptually. And I find that quote so funny, coming from a man who has choreographed so much for SM, because that literally is That's what K-pop, it is. And That's it is what it SMP, is. and like... You obviously aren't thrown by this <laughs> because you do this very well and this is your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like wonder what it was about this song in particular that made that more challenging. I don't know. Or maybe this was like the... No. Well, Sherlock is the only thing on this list that's that is pre- bef- That predates it. So I guess maybe this is the one that helped him figure it figure out. Figure it out, And yeah. then he was able to create all these other ones after it. Well, mm-hmm. regardless, he did a good job. The choreography is very, very well known. Mm-hmm. Critics described the title track as being nostalgic, and they highly praised this superhuman choreography, especially the fact that the two were able to sing live beautifully while doing it. There is also a Changmin lyric credit on the B-side, I swear, off of this album. Good job, Changmin. Good job. Yeah, they really don't. We always note, like, what when they get involved. And you know in Changmin, you know, like, never. Like, well, actually, no, he does have some... But mostly on his, like, raps and stuff, the way mm-hmm. that, like, Mino always has the yeah. credits on the raps. But Changmin has every once in a while. They didn't seem to want to get that involved, I suppose. Or maybe they got involved in different ways. I don't know. With, like, the aesthetic and the choices of songs. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Anyway. November 2012. They went on their fourth world tour called Catch Me, the live world tour. This had eight shows in six countries, and this was the first time that it included the U.S. and Chile. This tour lasted from November to July and had 76,000 attendees. There was also one canceled show in Lima, Peru, which was canceled due to technical issues pertaining to the concert, such as problems with the band and equipment. Oh, no. But I don't know what that means. I could not find any details. That seems like a very vague (laughs) reason to cancel. But regardless, during this tour, shortly after it launched on November 26, 2012, they released a repackage of Catch Me called Humanoids with a title track of the same name. (laughs) 
This song was composed by many people, none of whom were Yu Young Jin. There was Lee Kyung Nam, Lee Sol Bi, Kenzie, Thomas Trollson, and Donald Hazel Sales. The music video for this one is pretty steampunky. There's like a big steampunky like castle with gears and there's like snow and there you have like shiny silver clothes or like these pleather jackets in blue and yellow, which is interesting because they like haven't worn those colors yet. Yeah. Um, and just several really elaborate box sets with like really complicated geometry, mm-hmm. like in this, what TVXQ looks like at this point. Yeah. That's what they look like. Um, And the lyrics for this one are your typical SM, we have to save the future song, but this one is much less bleak in its imagery than like some of the Mm. like HOT or early TVXQ songs. It's more like it's the future and we are the humanoids who have to change the future. But yeah, they always, everyone has to release a couple of these we are the future songs every once in a while. Every once in a while. It's part of the SM contract, (laughs) it must be. Uh, This album had two new tracks, the title one and another one called Here I Stand. It debuted at number one on Gown and the Hanteo charts, stayed there for three weeks, um, and the single itself peaked at 31, which is their lowest in a while. So their repackages are not doing so well. But the choreography uh, was done by an Emmy award-winning team called Nappy Tabs, which is a combination of their names, I think Napoleon and like Tabitha or something. Uh. Uh, In the U.S., they're known for like So You Think You Can Dance and things like that. Um, But they also have a long history of working with SM. They choreographed for Boa's movie Make Your Move. Which you know has a cameo in. He sure does. A dance cameo in. Yeah. Uh, They did... Girls' Generation, I Got a Boy, Boa's Kiss My Lips, Exo Call Me Baby, Monster. So great. Uh, an SM staple, perhaps starting here. Mm-hmm. Uh, November 28th, 2012 was the day that the lawsuit between JYJ and SM was finally settled. It had been three years since they'd started it, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of back and forth. We talked about it in the contract dispute episode. But at this point, it's finally over. It's finally over. Um, and you know what's interesting? What? They're going to stop making songs about being betrayed. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, at least yeah. in Korea. They definitely are. That is true. Huh. Interesting. How funny. That is really funny. <laughs> um, but I learned that uh, Korean TVXQ fans call November 28th Dongbokjol. And like, I couldn't figure out what that might be uh, like portmanteau for. Bok means like luck and happiness. So it, it's got to be something mm-hmm. like as a new good day. And they like celebrate it as a semi anniversary. Like mm. it was a real reset day yeah, yeah, of like, yeah. it's all clear. Everything's, Everything's done fine now, fine now yeah. with our two. Yeah. We're going our separate ways. On March 6th, 2013, they released their sixth Japanese album, Time. Uh, The title track of this was a Japanese version of Catch Me called Catch Me If You Wanna, and it was released on January 16th as their 36th single, which made them the first and only foreign artist to have 12 number ones and was certified gold in the first week. Time is a 12-track album that debuted at number one on Oricon, and it is their fastest-selling album to date, over 150,000 sales in the first day and over 250,000 in the first week. It was the fourth best-selling album of the year in Japan, and they released four different versions of it. 
That same month, in March 2013, they were also invited to be a part of a TRF tribute album in Japan, which is a tribute album to a Japanese pop group celebrating mm. their 20th anniversary. They were the only Korean artist to feature on the album, and they covered a song called Survival Dance, No No Cry More. <laughs> I didn't listen to it. I don't know what it sounds like. Uh, in April of 2013, they launched their sixth Japanese tour called the Time Tour. So it goes with the album. 18 shows in seven cities from April to August. 890,000 attendees. This makes them the first K-pop artist and fourth foreign artist to ever do a five-dome tour. Wow. They're killing it. This is it. The coveted Five Dome Tour. Other artists who have done this are Bon Jovi, The Eagles, and Billy Joel. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> They're the first, at least at this point. At, the, at, at this, this point. point. Here in 2013. It's not the same. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In 2013, this is what it was. Okay. <clears throat> They're also, at this point, the first foreign musical act to headline Nissan Stadium and the first foreign artist to bring in an audience of over 850,000. This broke their previous tour, Tones, record for the highest grossing concert and made over 100 million US dollars. <laughs> On June 12, 2013, they released their 37th Japanese single called Ocean. It debuted at number one on the Oricon Daily and sold over 100,000 copies in the second day, certified gold, and charted for over nine oh months. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was also used as the June monthly theme song for five different Japanese variety shows. Wow. At the same time. <laughs> and I just love to note that there's a part in this music video that I actually screamed out loud because they both looked so hot. It like knocked me over. <laughs> it, they're just like walking around like a beach and there's a part like, and it was really early in the music video and I was like, oh my God, they're so beautiful. And then later on I saw they were wearing mandals and it was like a little <laughs> bit ruined. The song also <laughs> starts with, Uga chaka, yes. hola, give me beat. <laughs> Yeah, that's and there's a shot of gratuitous boobs, mm, like yes. right at the beginning, just mm -hmm. like a headless torso of a woman in a bikini in like a shower. And mm -hmm. I was like, what? We don't usually do that for TVXQ. Um, but it happened. Also, this music video is worth noting because one of the effects is that they there will be a freeze frame of them like jumping. Right. And then, and they, then they jump they walk into, into the frame and jump into. Right. The, yeah, it's great. I love it. All right. September 4th. Same year, 2013, they released 38th Japanese single called Scream. This debuted at number two on Oricon and the Billboard Japan Hot 100 and was used as the theme song for a Japanese horror film called Sadako 3D 2. Yeah, very spooky vibes. It's like very the spooky. most spooky vibes they've done maybe ever. Like, I think the music video Definitely. is like straight up in a graveyard. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if the music video has scenes from the movie, but part of it is like, not TVXQ, and it's like a guy being chased by a woman with like an axe. Mm. So, yeah. I don't know. Horror concept. Yeah, horror. Yeah. On November 7th, they released their 39th Japanese single called Very Merry Christmas. It debuted at number two on Oricon, number three on Billboard Japan Hot 100, and was certified gold for over 100,000 copies sold in one week. 
And my note for this one is that these people in the music video are not having Merry Christmases. And there's only half a music video. Because this is one of those times where they, the Japanese company, instead of releasing a six minute music video, released a like one and a half minute yeah. music video. And it's clearly like a, but like a dad who's working too hard. So his daughter is alone and like a girl who's broken. It's like all these people who are having bad Christmases. I think towards the end of the video, they will eventually like find their family and have nice Christmases. But the part that's uploaded is just the part where they're not <laughs> we having only a see this Christmas yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have to assume, assume that they eventually They'll have a there. Merry Christmas. Yeah. December 26th of this year, 2013, is their 10th anniversary, the 10th anniversary of five member TVXQ debut. And so as a celebration on the 26th and 27th, they perform at the SM Town, they excuse me, they hold an SM Town Week concert event called TVXQ Time Slip. And this was two shows at the Korea International Exhibition Center to celebrate their anniversary. Beautiful. January 6th of 2014, they released their seventh Korean album called Tense. And this time, the title track is called Something. Because we're not making betrayal songs anymore. We've washed those men right out of our hair. <laughs> this song is again composed by Yoo Young Jin and Yoo Han Jin and is a complete departure from the SMP sound that TVXQ has since been the sort of like leaders and pioneers of. This is like big brass band. It's a new like chapter. Swing, swing concept. It's the retro new. concept sexy ladies chapter yes. is what we're getting into now. And for the very first time, they're like smiling and flirting and winking at the camera. And it's too much to handle. It's too much. So the music video for this one, you know, and Changmin are covered in fake tattoos, hands, necks, just covered in them. And then it makes all these statues like wake up yeah. and they conjure them microphones. And this dance has props. They like make bass strings and they dance around them. I love yeah. prop dances. Um, and yeah, sexy. This is the retro songs and sexy ladies era of tvxq and i think they should have just kissed all those girls there's literally a part where you know and a girl's mouth are separated only by his finger going shh yes and it's so good and Changmin like almost kisses like four women yeah they, because they're they are so just, up on them they're they so, should have just kissed them all Changmin is on a couch with like mm. four ladies draped all around them like part of the like to the beat you know, and Changmin at different points, like finger walk up someone's neck and up someone's thigh. And like, it's so sexy, slutty, flirty and fun. And like this, this like is TVXQ to me. I, mm. all of my notes are in all caps because <laughs> I like lost it. Just rewatching this music video. I don't know at what point in my fandom I found this, but when I did, I like lost my mind mm -hmm. and this like imprinted upon me. And like, this is TVXQ right. to me, everything about it in particular, the sexy fun lady dances. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know. It was just something about it almost feels like, no, I think I talk about that a little. I made a note later of like how much the touching just feels like defiant of like, yeah, what are you going to do? Get mad about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't no, know. I, I totally, I totally get what you mean. Cause it is, it's, yeah, 
It's it, it there's a defiance to it. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics to something are pure arrogance. Yeah. Capital A arrogance. The lyrics are basically everyone wants me. I am so hot. Why the fuck do you think you're special? Like they say, she's got that something, like, but not you don't. Mm -hmm. And it would be better if you would stop trying so hard because it's like very unattractive how hard you're trying to get me because I'm so used to getting so much attention. Like it's so arrogant. It is meant to be about a narcissistic (laughs) protagonist. For sure. (laughs) But it is really great. Like the choreo with all of the like, with the strings and the everything and like, oh, it must be seen. You have to watch it. You have to watch it. Yeah. You have to watch it. Agreed. This album debuted at number one on Gown Albums. It was the fourth best-selling album of the year. It debuted at number four on Oricon, which made it TVXQ's second Korean album to enter the chart's top five. And it was number one on iTunes in Japan and Vietnam, as well as in the top ten for seven other countries. It was number two on the Billboard US World. And the single peaked at number four on Gown, number seven on Billboard Billboard Korea Hot 100, and won seven music shows. Wow. Yeah. So it was a very popular and successful song all around the world. It was promoted as their 10th anniversary album. um, And on their actual debut day, December 26th, they released a 16 second teaser for the music video on TV, which I had never heard about that. They Mm. like aired it as a commercial like throughout the day. Um, And pre-orders reportedly were sold out by December 31st, just a few days later. And SM allegedly spent over 160 million won on the promotions of this album. Yeah, see, royal treatment. Yeah, royal treatment, baby. 10th anniversary. They stuck They were it done out. with legal fees from those other guys. They were done guys, with legal fees. And they That's didn't so have XL ones quite yet. <laughs> yeah. So they had money to throw around. <laughs> and they threw it at TVXQ. Well deserved. Um, this album is critically acclaimed for its cohesive sound. Uh, it exper- it experiments with R and B, pop, neo soul, with swing and big band influences. Um, some critics described the album as being less powerful because of the use of more acoustic instruments versus the electronic sound. But they said it in a good way, like sure. it's it's less intense, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, and critics seem to generally agree that this was the best album to date. Um, we haven't really talked about like B sides as we've gone through the albums, but honestly, like everything from keep your head, like all of their albums are filled with very (laughs) Very good good B sides. Like I tried to just keep track by like liking them on Spotify. And then I looked at them and I was like, Oh, you just liked all all of them. (laughs) You just did all of them. That doesn't help you at all. Um, but even Changmin stated at the Time Slip concerts that he was the proudest of this album so far, and he has a lyric, lyric credit on the song Rise. Um, yeah, I guess I could keep screaming about this one, but I won't. Um, okay. <laughs> February it's just good. 5th. Listen to it, okay? It's just really good, okay? All right. February 5th, 2014, 40th Japanese single called Hide and Seek. This was released as a double A-side with a Japanese version of Something... Um, but a music video for Hide and Seek doesn't exist. I don't know. I couldn't find couldn't one. Couldn't find one. It debuted at number two on the Oricon and Billboard Japan Hot 100 and was certified gold. And Hide and Seek was used as the theme for the Japanese drama called Team Batista 4. I got a lot of theme songs. A lot of theme that's, songs. That's a way to, that's good. A lot good. of theme songs, yeah. February 27th, 2014, they released a repackage of their Korean album, uh, something. The repackage is called Spellbound with a title of the same name. Oh. 
This song is composed by Yu Youngjin as well. Uh, yeah, this music video continues our aesthetic from last time and maybe mm-hmm. like turns it up a little more. We've got gambling, more more props, more yes. ladies. Again, a gambling. Like it mm-hmm. starts out with them playing poker and like the best, one of my favorite parts of the choreo is what like at the beginning when they're sitting at the table and they place their bets. Three female dancers they're the ones who like puppeteer Yuno's arm to like yes. put the hand out or whatever. It's really good. It's so it's good. Really good. And the music and the choreography is like really um, dynamic and that it like, it's kind of like a, a XO growl and that it like goes around in yeah. a circle. It's like, like not all facing mm-hmm. forward. It like yeah, yeah, yeah. swoops around kind of a lot. Yes. And the, um, the, what was I just going to say? Oh, the general concept is like a magician, like yes. card tricks and stuff. So the backup dancers appear as if from magic. And they're wearing like little like showgirl, like glittery yes. corset onesie things. Mm-hmm. And then like fishnets. And cute. they look like little so magician's cute. assistants or whatever, so which is really great. Um, yeah, I th- this was like a perfect follow up to something. I think it's perfect in general. Like the moment where there's this moment where, you know, is like standing just as one and then not one, not two, but three backup <laughs> dancers like appear as if from nowhere, like on one side, on another side, and in between his legs. And I love that moment, like mm-hmm. in my heart forever. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> um, so the lyrics repeat suri suri masuri a lot of times, which is like a Korean abracadabra mm-hmm. kind of word. Um, and the lyrics to this one are just a love song. Your love is like magic and everything you want will come true. When I say my magic words, mm-hmm. you got, uh, yeah. My favorite line is Chang means, I was silly to you, baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but this is the one where I wrote like this, at this point, the touching feels defiant. Like yes. they are like purposefully touching them in every, as much as possible throughout the entire mm-hmm. song, music video, everything. Uh, the album debuted at number two. It sold over 100,000 physical copies and became TVXQ's best-selling repackage, but the single itself only hit number 27 on the gown single. So kind of a pattern, the repackage mm-hmm. single doesn't hit the top. Uh, but the repackage had three new tracks, the title, and two solo tracks. Changmin's is called Heaven's Day, and Yuno's is called November with Love. And November with Love is Yuno's first self-composed song, and it includes a children's choir in it, <laughs> which I didn't expect, and absolutely cackled at when it happened, <laughs> and I was listening to it, because I was like, oh, this song is so pretty, and then all of a sudden, like, babies started yeah. singing, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Anyway, the choreography for uh, Spellbound is again by Nappy Tabs, and it was noted for its use of female backup dancers and described by Billboard as, quote, a strong case for 2014's best choreography. And I agree. (laughs) This was so good. Okay, March 15th, 2014, they released their seventh Japanese album, which was called Tree. It is a 14-track album that debuted at number one on Oricon, which was their fourth consecutive album to do so. It sold over 200,000 copies in the first week, which makes them the first foreign group to have three consecutive albums with first-week sales over 200,000. 
this broke Bon Jovi's 13-year record. <laughs> bon Jovi's got a had a hold on Japan that TVXQ he, just shattered. TVXQ <laughs> kicks Bon Jovi out of the top spot like three times over. It's, it's crazy. So uh, and anyway, it was certified platinum. In April of 2014, they launched their seventh Japanese tour for this album called Tree Live Tour 2014. This was 29 shows in 10 cities from April to June and had 600,000 attendees. This time they didn't perform, they didn't do another dome tour because they specifically wanted to have better interactions with, with the audience. Mm -hmm. So they chose smaller venues, but it did include two domes in Tokyo and Osaka. And they became the first non-Japanese band to hold concerts at the Tokyo dome three years in a row. And the first international artist to bring in the largest number of concert goers for over 2 million combined. Dang. On June 11th, the same year, they released their 41st Japanese single, which is called Sweat. It debuted at number two on Oricon, number one on Billboard Japan Hot 100, and was certified gold. The song isn't particularly important, but it is, it is a, bop. a bop. It is a bop. This was a double A side, and Answer, the other song that was released with this, was used as a theme song for the crime drama Hard Nut. Mm, hard Nut to Crack. Yes. Mm. But I just think but that's still, really it is funny. funny. <laughs> when you cut the rest of the <laughs> sentence off, it is really funny. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was giggling about that for like five Too minutes long. earlier. <laughs> All right, November 5th. Same year, 42nd Japanese single called Time Works Wonders. Debuted at number two on Oricon. It was number one by day three. Yeah, I was about to be like, wait, yeah. not a debut. It's not number one. But it went to number okay, one. Okay, got there. I got there. Three. I got there. All right. And it was number one on the Billboard Japan Hot 100 for four consecutive weeks. It was certified gold. And this made Toho Shinki the best-selling foreign act in Japan of all time. They've done it. They've smashed you, Beatles, Bon Jovi, Suck it, Carpenters, bon Jovi. whoever else. <laughs> um, this I weird note for me. This song is very nice, but I mm -hmm. laughed at the music video because one of the main set pieces of the music video is you know and Changmin like singing at each other really hard in the middle of like a circle of chairs and it looks like an AA meeting got out and everyone is gone and they're just like singing in the middle of the circle. I don't yeah. know. It just like, it was a funny, it was a funny image, but they also had good hair in that video I wrote, too. My note is that the hair is really good. Um, but the song is really nice. Yeah. I liked it. December 2014, they go on their fifth world tour called TVXQ special live tour Teastery. <laughs> But the I and O in T-story are a one and a zero for 10 years. Ah. Uh, yeah. I see. This was 10 shows in four countries from December to June. It had 97, so December 2014 to June 2015, 97,000 attendees. And it was a continuation of the 10th anniversary celebration. So the set list was like greatest hits. Cool. It wasn't just a newest album. I feel like this, th there's a couple of like live albums where all of the, that's how SM has replaced as many songs as they can on Superstar. Ah, uh, yes. Superstar SM, the tippy tap music mm -hmm. game. The game. For like old TVXQ songs, they have like live versions yeah. of them doing old songs so that it can only be the two. They mm -hmm. don't want the five 
Yeah, they don't use those recordings anymore. (laughs) TVXQ has re-recorded many of their original songs. Um, At the two encore shows in Seoul, Donghae and Yeonhyuk from Super Junior joined Changmin for a special stage on the first day, and Shumin Chen and Baekhyun before they were CBXK. CBX. (laughs) CBXK. What? Too many acronyms. I know, it's hard. Before they were CBX, they were guest performers for the second show. The final encore performance of this tour was also broadcast live at the SM Coex in Seoul and Studio Coast in Tokyo, and it sold over 100,000 tickets, which made around 4 million U.S. dollars. <laughs> Dang. The film of the concert continued to screen at the Coex and was eventually turned into a hologram concert for their 12th anniversary. R.I.P. Coex Hologram Theater. We need it back. It was truly a gem. Like, if it never exists again, what a missed opportunity. I know. Because, like, I would still pay to see this concert. I remember now. they we saw yeah. a trailer for this one yes. when we were sitting there waiting for yes. our musical. They played the 12th. This. Yes. And yes. if I lived in Seoul, I would have seen every single thing. Like, that girl I who sat next to I would have gone there on my us. lunch break. She went on. there yes. every week. Yes. I would have done that, too. Dreams. Dreams. She was living her best life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. December 17th, they released their eighth Japanese album, which was called With. This one actually had new title tracks Uh, that breaks the mold of their usual Japanese release pattern. Spinning and Chandelier are the two tracks that were used to promote this album. It was a 14-track album that debuted at number one on Oricon and Billboard Japan. Sold over 200,000 copies in the first week and was certified platinum. It made TVXQ the first foreign artists to top the Oricon album's chart four times in a row and the first to have four consecutive albums to sell over 200,000 in the first week. They are now, at this point, the third international music act to have five number one albums in Japan. They are after Simon and Garfunkel and Bon Jovi. But they're coming for you, Bon Jovi. (laughs) (laughs) On December 26, 2014, I just wrote this down because I think it's worth noting, Madame Tussauds Wax Figures unveiled in Shanghai for their 11th anniversary. Fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Immortalized True celebrity forever. status. Wax. Yeah. <laughs> uh, February 2015, now they launched their eighth Japanese tour called With Live Tour 2015. 16 shows in five cities from February to April. Over 750,000 attendees. This is their second five dome tour. And it celebrated their 10th anniversary of their Japanese debut. Originally, it was just 12 dates, but they added more due to high demand. Wow. Uh, The same month that this tour was launched, on February 25th, they released their 43rd Japanese single, which is called Sakura Michi. It was promoted as the 10th anniversary single for their Japanese debut and peaked at number two on Oricon and the Billboard Japan Hot 100 certified gold. It wouldn't be them if it wasn't. It wouldn't. In April and June of 2015, SM announces their upcoming enlistments. Oh, man. Dun, dun, dun. In April, we learn that Yuno will be going to the armed forces. And in June, we learn that Changmin is going to the military police. And TVXQ will go on a two-year hiatus. But not yet. Uh, on July 8th of 2015, I just noted that Yuno made his Japanese solo debut. He released an EP called You Know Why. 
And July 20th of that same year, they released a special album as a goodbye before enlistment. This album is called Rise as God, and they released two separate solo tracks as the titles. So let's talk about them one at a time. Okay. First one by you know Champagne. This song is composed by Beck Gumin, Lee Soo Jung, August Rigo, Peter Tambakis, and Ryan June. The music video for Champagne is just Yuno looking sexy in various party scenes and outfits. He's also a baby and an old man. And there's also a child that like sometimes he flashes into being a child. But usually he's just like the guy on the TV, the guy in the bar. He's just a bunch of characters. And he looks so sexy. He's so I don't know why. And again, all up on all these girls. All up on all these girls. girls. It's the same. The main (laughs) girl dancer in this is the same main girl dancer from Spellbound that like looks right into the camera Mm. and is like, yeah, look at my face. And like she's in it again and it's great. And the lyrics to Champagne are one... One sip of your sweet scent, I think I've fallen for you a little, and other comparings of a beautiful lady to a clear sparkling glass of champagne. Sure. The music video is also pretty objectifying, but I don't care. I love it. <laughs> it's I so love good. It. It's groovy it's so and good. disco and fun and, you know, is so goddamn hot. <laughs> yeah. All that is true. The other title track that was released off of this album was Changmin's solo, and it is called Rise as One. This song was composed by Kim Yeonjun, Tobias Gad, Artie, Joshua Cumbi, Off Sheen, Jessica Sanchez, Nolan Sype, Flashfinger, Koo King, and Back. That's so many That's people. So many people. <laughs> um, so the music video for Rises One, as far as I could interpret. TVXQ are laying on like glass coffins that are full of plants and there's like a weird flickering TV behind between them. And then you see like two children in a like overgrown apocalypse forest abandoned building and they're like looking at the wonders of the trees and the world and like being children. And like I don't know, it just has like a we like a very abstract like Yeah just kind of poetic something yeah something i don't know i literally just because because tvxq aside from that like one quick shot shot. not in the music video at all like my only note is two little boys and some butterflies yeah because that's just what it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but the lyrics to oh no i didn't write them down oops the dawn is still blue. The stars are shining on the path that I walked on. Will rises one. Will rises one. Under the eastern sky, I'll leave it under my feet. Will rise as one. Will rise as one. So I don't yeah. know. I guess just a nice little standard overcoming your your battles yeah. and such. Um, the two members chose their own solos uh, to release because it was their goodbye gift before mm. enlisting. And Chang Means is meant to represent their journey through the years. But Yuno wanted to leave his fans with something fun. So <laughs> that's what his choice was. 
the album debuted at number one on Gown, their fourth consecutive album to do so, but it only sold 30,000 physical copies in the first week, making it their lowest opening week sales since Triangle. Neither of the singles charted in Korea, but they did top China's Baidu King weekly charts at numbers one and two, respectively. On July 21st of 2015, you know, enlists. November 18th, 2015, Changmin makes his Japanese solo debut with an EP called Close to You. And the very next day, he says goodbye and he enlists. <laughs> so then, two-year hiatus. Flash forward. 2016. They're in the army. 2017. April 20th, 2017. You know, gets out of the army. August 18th, 2017. Changmin gets out of the military police and they immediately go back to work. <laughs> there is a press conference in Seoul three days after Changmin is discharged to welcome them, just generally to just return back, back to the music industry. Hey, you're back. Mm -hmm. This press conference was followed by two more in Tokyo and Hong Kong, where the duo announced an upcoming concert event and an album. The concert event happened in September, and it was called TVXQ Special Comeback Live, Your Present. It was three shows in Seoul and Macau from September to October. On October 15th, 2017, they released a Japanese compilation album called Fine Collection Begin Again. Uh, it was a 14-track album that debuted at number one on Oricon and Billboard Japan. It featured mostly songs that were released since 2011, with the exception of... Rising Sun, Why Did I Fall in Love with You, and Bolero, which they re-recorded. Ah, because those are five-member songs. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. This album sold 130,000 copies in the first week, which made it certified gold. It was the sixth consecutive number one album and broke Simon and Garfunkel and Bon Jovi's previous records. TVXQ is still currently the foreign group with the most number one albums in Japan. Unbeaten. Still. Unbeatable. <laughs> November 2017, they launched their ninth Japanese tour called Begin Again Live Tour 2017. This is a 20 shows in six cities from November to June and had over 1 million attendees. Wild. This is another five-dome tour, and the grand finale had three shows at Nissan Stadium, making them the only foreign artists to perform at Nissan Stadium twice, and the first K-pop artists to hold concerts at the venue for three consecutive days. They made over 50 million U.S. dollars from those three shows alone. And at the those Nissan finales, on the last day, the finale day, they like made headlines across Japan, like front page news, because they performed in the pouring rain. Yes. They had the dome open, mm -hmm. and it was just pouring, pouring on rain. everyone. Um, there's great videos from this concert. They're just like so excellent, and they're just yeah. soaking wet, and they're killing it, and it's nuts. And all of the fans in their ponchos, and like everyone's so committed. It's, and so, it's so crazy. crazy. And the like stay and the stadium is enormous, and the stage like comes up and turns around and goes like over the audience's heads. It's so bananas. There's real there. The DVD of this concert is very, very, very popular because these videos are like so amazing. Um, very high quality copies of them on YouTube. Yeah, Two check of them, them out. are in the playlist. Mm -hmm. Check them out. 
<clears throat> this set the record, this tour set the record uh, for the first international artist to bring one million people to a single tour and broke their own previous record for the most attended and highest grossing K-pop concert. Wow. December 20th of this same year, they released their 44th Japanese single, Reboot. It debuted at number two on Oricon and peaked at number three on Billboard Japan Hot 100. It was certified gold for selling over 100,000 in the first week. It was also used as a theme song for a Japanese drama called School Counselor, and it was apparently recorded on August 21st, which is the same day of their Tokyo press conference that announced their return and three days after Changmin gets out yeah, of the so army. Just get right to it. Right back to the <laughs> studio, boys. They didn't even get to stay in Seoul for like more than a couple days. That's and wild. they immediately had to go to Tokyo. February of 2018, both Yuno and Changmin renew their contracts with SM and subsequently AVEX tracks. On March 28th, 2018, they released their eighth Korean album called New Chapter One colon, The Chance of Love. The title track chance of love this was composed by Yu young jin jihad ramuni lorenzo fragola and harris uh the music video concept for this one is like tvxq and more sexy ladies mm-hmm. are at like a fancy like photo shoot in some kind of yes. bat cave like basement and everyone looks very expensive and bored mm-hmm. and then they're just like dancing in various black and white settings and Changmin has a little co- little choker I, I always, yes, I'll never I forget always his little choker the cho- I also wrote the choker <laughs> I also wrote the choker um, but the dance to this one, this was a moment because, you know, was back and the world had changed. She'd been gone for two years and the internet was now more powerful than it had been. So when this came out, he was like, I'm making a dance challenge and I will force everyone yes. to do it with me. And he did. He sure did. He forced absolutely everyone to do it with him. Including and I feel us. like, yeah, we, we did, did it too. too. <laughs> and I feel like he was, I don't think he was like the first but he was definitely like really hustling. And I feel mm-hmm. like kids these days have that same gumption to get yes. their other like who yeah, yeah, to yeah. do like uh, all the TikTok, TikTok challenges with them. Yeah. But, you know, you know, used his powers to make that really happen for this song. His passion is un- <laughs> unstoppable, unstoppable. Yes. Um, and the lyrics to this one are just like, it's destiny. Like, it's all right. It's okay. It's destiny that we should take this chance at love. But it includes one of our favorite Sminglish lines where they say, we will keep it together. We pray that we own each other up all night. What does that mean? What does you that know? mean? What does that mean? I don't know, but I sing it every time and I love it. It's one of my favorite lines. I also really love the line, you arrest me. And Changmin, that's not a Sminglish, it's just a good line. And Changmin has a really good like handcuff over Mm. the head move. Um, I also love in the choreography, because this is like, like you said, a great continuation of like the sexy ladies. Mm. There's a great like butt smacking move. Yes, there is. you know, like pops up in between two dancers and just like smacks their butts. And it's great. I love it. All very good. Um, This album debuted at number one on Gown. It was their fifth consecutive album and seventh overall to debut at number one. Sold over 110,000 copies in the first month and ended the year as the country's 14th best-selling album. This is their lowest-selling record. 
In Japan, it debuted at number seven on Oricon and was their lowest charting Korean album. Wow. I know. I loved this one so much. But this was also like the first TVXQ comeback that I was like around Aware of, for. yeah. So anyway... It breaks my heart that this album didn't do very well, but it generally received mixed reviews. They were praised for their vocal maturity and their ability to adjust the style throughout the years, but the album was said to lack overall cohesion. And I kind of agree with that, like Mm. just listening to the album or to the tracks, because like the tracks are very, very different. But I thought it was interesting that that is a criticism because TVXQ themselves said that they actually focused on the storytelling of the songs in this album and that the album is supposed to be listened to in order so that it plays out like Mm. a movie. Um, So the lyrics are supposed to tell a story, um, but they are all very different from each other. So I kind of get why, like, especially in comparison to some of their other albums, they don't have like a general trend to the songs in this one. Um, But it's a new chapter because now they're in their thirties. They look great. Um, they also promoted the song Love Line. There is a music video for this. It, they performed it on music shows. It's very good. It's a perfect alarm song. Yes. If you need a K-pop song to use as an alarm, it starts so good for that. And the music video has a shirt that dances by itself. Yeah, I always like the dancing and shirt. And blonde, you know, my beloved. <laughs> he looks so beautiful. And he was never blonde again. Not like that. Not like that. <laughs> Not like that. Um, that music video also gets a lot of white points pants. Mm, nice. Uh, Changmin has a lyric credit on this album for the song Sun and Rain. Which is a really good song. It is a very good song. And it's the last one. So yeah, yeah it must it be. Is. That's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. All right. Mm-hmm. On May, in May of 2018, they launched their sixth world tour called Circle Hashtag Welcome. This was 10 shows in five countries from May 2018 to September 2019, and it had 88,000 attendees. On July 25th of the same year, they released their 46th Japanese single called Road. It debuted at number two on Oricon and peaked at number two on the Billboard Japan Hot 100. It was certified gold for selling over 100,000 in the first month, but sold only 86,000 in the first week, which is their lowest first week sales since Survivor in 2009. Wow. Mm -hmm. Having a little bit of a dip. It's okay. They just came back. Yeah. They it's went been away two years. for a while. Mm-hmm. It's all right. People the mus- are staying loyal to them. <laughs> They're st- they are. They're still selling out those shows. The music video was released on YouTube a month ahead of the official release, and then behind-the-scenes footage was released on Japanese morning shows in the days leading up to it, which mm. I thought was interesting. So, like, Go after that general public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In September of 2018, they launched their 10th Japanese tour called Tomorrow, the live tour 2018. This is their most expansive tour with 33 shows, so most number of shows. 10 cities from September to January with 680,000 attendees. That same month, September 29th, they released their ninth Japanese album. This goes with the tour. It's called Tomorrow. 13-track album debuted at number one on Oricon and sold over 125,000 copies in the first week. It was certified gold. It's the seventh album to do so. And this tied with BOA for the foreign artist with the most number ones. Right. Because before, you will notice that they were going up against groups. But Mm. now, BOA's in the mix. 
This album includes a re-recording of one of their 2006 tracks as well. Uh, on November 11th, 2018, they released their 46th Japanese single, Jealous. It debuted at number one on Oricon, peaked at number tw- at number three on Billboard Japan Hot 100, was certified gold, and stayed on the charts for 10 weeks. They're back, baby. This is their 13th single to hit number one and set three records. The most number one singles by a foreign artist. The most singles by a foreign artist to enter the top 10. That makes... 38. Wow. And the highest cumulative single sales by a foreign artist for over four and and a half million. Wow. The B-side from this single was used as a theme for the anime film Yokai Watch Forever Friends. On December 26, 2018, their anniversary again, they release a special album called New Chapter 2, colon, The Truth of Love. And this title track was called this song was composed by Kyung Jin Hee of Jam Factory, Thomas Tolson, and Jacob Luttrell. Oh, the music video for this one has the, like the choreo is a symmetrical dance that Mm -hmm. sort of is meant to be interpreted like a dance battle. But the music video has them on rainy streets and in a flooded bedroom and a flooded car. Like they're sitting in like three feet of water and also like dancing and there's umbrellas and phone booths and they have mustard yellow outfits. And like, I feel like they hadn't worn yellow. It was very interesting. Like (gasps) yellow outfits. And that gorgeous green leather jacket that, uh, that, you know, has on. Yeah. The way that it's filmed where like, so each one of them has like a street scene or whatever. And like Changmin will be like dancing and like looking directly at the camera and then it like cuts to a different set where you know is dancing and looking directly at the mm-hmm. camera so that's supposed to be the like battle yes and the lyrics to this one are just about the truth of the pain of relationships like i know so well that it hurts when you break up but i'm doing it again with someone else Oof. like it's just yeah. about like this is probably gonna like i know now that like girls break your heart mm-hmm. but i'm gonna try it again anyway and that's the truth all right that's the truth <laughs> This album debuted at number two on Gown. This broke their number one streak. So this is the first album in a while to not debut at number one. Uh, It went to number 12 on Oricon, um, but it did debut at number one on iTunes in seven countries, Japan, Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam, Singapore, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE. It also peaked at number two in Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Malaysia. It was their 15th anniversary album, so it's not technically an official studio release. It has only seven tracks with two solos. Uh, Yuno's City Lights also features Taeyong. Um, And it was not promoted on music shows, but they did perform Truth at the NBC End of the Year Music Festival. Changmin has two lyric credits on this little EP, Jelly Love and Beautiful Stranger. Jelly Love! I love Jelly Love! That's such a good song. (laughs) May 3rd, 2019, Yuno makes his Korean solo debut with an EP, True Colors. July 31st, 2019, they released their 47th Japanese single called Hot, Hot, Hot. (laughs) This 
song debuted at number two on Oricon, peaked at number four on the Billboard Japan Hot 100. It was their lowest selling single since Purple Line in 2008, with only 59,000 sales in the first week. My note is I love this dumb hot dog <laughs> song, and I think I'm just obsessed with summer TVXQ. Like, both versions, five and two, whenever they make these stupid, like, we're at the beach summer songs, yeah. I'm just like, I don't know, I like it. No, I love <laughs> this song, too, and I remember when it came out, because we already had our group chat with Jenna, and we shared it, and we were like, this is great, this is so dumb, why would you eat a hot dog when it's really hot outside? <laughs> but there's just like ridiculous, like saved by the bell graphics and like really good suits. And I don't know. It's just really fun. Everyone should watch it. It's good. Um, okay. October 16th. We're nearing the end here. We're catching up. <laughs> we're getting there. Um, we're getting October there. <laughs> 16th, 10th Japanese album. It is the Roman numeral XV for 15. Cause it's their 15th anniversary album. This is a 15-track album for 15 years. All right. It, of course, debuted at number one <laughs> on Oricon and Billboard Japan Top Albums. It sold over 150,000 copies in the first week and set a new record for the most number one albums by a foreign artist. Sorry, Bella. You have been replaced. Wow. The boys now have eight. They are the first and currently only. They also released music videos for the songs Guilty and Hot Sauce at different points in October. And I just need everyone to know that the song Hot Sauce by TVXQ exists. Hot sauce! Hey, hey! You can make it all it's one of my favorite fucking songs of theirs. I wrote, why is this such a weird, perfect banger? It's, it's so, so good. Fun. It's so groovy, funky fun. And, and they I look love it. very sexy in their crushed velvet jackets. Yeah, it's just great. Like, the whistle is good. The choreo is fun. The velvet is good. The hey, hey is good. Like, it's all good. It's just all good. I love it. November 2019, they go on their 11th Japanese tour. It is called 15 Live Tour 2019 to 2020. This is another five-dome tour with 16 shows in five cities from November uh, 2019 to January of 2020, and it had 600,000 attendees. It currently holds the record for the largest cumulative audience. Oh, excuse me. They now currently mm. hold the record for largest cumulative audience at over five and a half million. The January 19th show was broadcast live on Japan's biggest satellite station, and they originally announced dates for April, but I assume those yeah. were canceled. I couldn't find confirmation that they had been canceled, but like in January, April they had, 2020, yeah, no one April was doing 2020, shit. no, like no that's not happening. But Kind of a bummer because they literally announced them on like January 19th and then like I assume like a month later had to be yeah. like just kidding. Anyway, January 22nd during this tour, January 22nd, 2020, 48th Japanese <laughs> single. It's called Manazashi. I couldn't find any chart ranking information of it uh, at the release, but it ended the year at number 55 of the top singles for 2020. So it, must, it couldn't have it been couldn't have done. Yeah, couldn't have been nothing. On April 6th of 2020, Changmin makes his Korean solo debut with the EP Chocolate. And May 24th of 2020, they have a Beyond Live concert called TVXQ Beyond the T. 
Is that one we bought tickets for and didn't and go never to? watched? Yeah, we have a problem with buying Beyond Live yeah. concert tickets and forgetting to go to them because they don't have VOD. Why can't I watch it later? The VOD is now. Oh, it's released. okay. We can watch it we now. Can watch okay, it great. Now. We can watch it now. <laughs> so that's waiting for us. Okay, perfect. On October 25th of this same year, 2020, Changmin gets married in a private ceremony to a non-celebrity woman. Mystery lady. We have no idea who she is. He said he recently said a single sentence about her on TV, which in which he said on their first date, he thought, huh, I could marry this person. And that's all we know. (laughs) (laughs) I love how secretive and private he is. Like the fact that we just learned he has two dogs. Like, we're never knowing anything about his life. No. It's great. All right. November 27th, 2020, they released their 49th Japanese single, Small Talk. I also don't know how this charted. It only has a lyric video for its quote-unquote official music video. Okay. Um, okay. So December 17th, 2020, Yuno makes a Korean solo comeback with the EP Noir. And January 22nd, 2021. Um, so, like, this is the point where we're kind of up to the yeah. now. And they haven't really done anything since... Since God. Truth. Since, since Truth. Truth is their last uh, Korean release. So then they do some solo stuff. Um, and so then January 22nd, 2021, we get a piece of news. TVXQ is announced as hosts for the upcoming Mnet show Kingdom colon Legendary War. This is set to air from April to June. But uh, on March 12th of 2021, Yuno gets in trouble for violating COVID restrictions at a bar in Gangnam. Wild stories abound about what actually happened that night. And so he steps down from hosting Kingdom with Changmin, made a public apology, and lost a few sponsorships as a result. But he was cleared of the criminal charges that were put on him on September 2nd, and he paid a small fine for his curfew violation. Yeah, but it really fucked up that kingdom season yeah. because, and it wasn't just them having to cut Yuno out. They also had to cut out different boys from kingdom groups because mm. of bullying allegations. Yeah. And they had like filmed it all. They had already filmed it. So everything. they just had to cut around it. And I'm just like, I'll never be over like all we were robbed of because yeah. like, I know there were kingdom boys who like are idols because of Yuno. And like, there were probably really great. There was just probably so much good stuff that they had to cut out of it. I know. It makes me sad. It really is a bummer. On December 8th of 2021, Changmin made a Japanese solo comeback with his EP Human. And December 31st, 2021, they performed, TVXQ together, performed at the SM Town Live 2022 New Year's Eve show. Um, The VCR hinted at a 2022 comeback, but literally all it said was TVXQ 2022. So we have no actual uh, information about it. It was so good, though, to see them. How They were at the Kwangyo show so many times. They, like, opened it. Yeah. And they got to have a whole like spy montage with Mino. There was just so much TVXQ and it yeah. was great because I hadn't seen them in uh, what felt like 10 million years. I know. They're like, as soon as, as soon as the pandemic started, I feel like they just like, they quarantined and they stayed <laughs> the fuck away. Like we just like, they didn't do anything. It's not true. They did solo stuff, but. But still. Whatever. Truth feels like a very, very, very long time ago. It was. <laughs> When we got, I got, when I got to that point in the timeline and then saw that there was no more, I was like, what, what? has been happening? Yeah, I know. What have they been doing? Solo stuff. 
Because even this year, January 13th, 2022, Changmin released a Korean solo comeback with the EP Devil. And on February 9th, uh, which is the day this episode comes out, you know we'll put out his Japanese solo comeback EP, You Go Ahead. Um, and supposedly in February of this of this year as well, uh, they will be releasing a Japanese EP as TVXQ, but we have no official release date or information about that. All right. So, TBD. so that's where we are. TBD BXQ. <laughs> Good one. But that catches us up. That catches that's us it. up. We did it. We're here. They're still doing it. They're still doing it. And honestly, I feel like I, because I felt like so, I don't such like a pressure to be like, oh, we got to get through all this information because it's so much. But I could like wax poetic about every single one of their Korean albums, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. Um, They're all really, really, really good. And I highly recommend all of them. Some of my my personal favorites, I think, are probably the Spellbound one and uh, Rise as God. That little like special EP mm. is really good. I really really like it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. They're just so great. They're just so great. I love that they're two people. I think it makes them so special. Yeah, I think it makes like watching them really interesting because, like, I mean obviously half of the fun of like a boy group is that there's a bunch of members and you like get to pick favorites or whatever. We can't look at them all at once, but when there's two people, you like can, you like can appreciate like all that they are when just one look Mm -hmm. and like, I don't know. I just think they're so special and they're like very clearly their own thing. And we were like texting about it earlier this week when we were watching videos that like there is something like, silly about tvxq Mm -hmm. and like the choreography that they do is arguably very silly and like you know's weird rap voice that he puts on sometimes is very silly but the way that they commit to it is like why they are icons Mm -hmm. like that is what tvxq is flying into the sm town in like giant furs is like what they are like wrath of Khan chest yes And, like, I don't know, they just, like, uphold their vibe so well. Yeah, they just, they were really able to, as two people, and two people who came from one of the most successful boy bands, like, of all time. And now they have to reinvent themselves as two. And I feel like they just so wonderfully carved out. An, like an aesthetic and a personality of like what two member TVXQ mm-hmm. was going to be that was a different thing from five member TVXQ and like you know said like they do look there's a lot of similarities to like some of the like you can see where it evolved sure. from the five member version but it is its own thing and I think it's wonderful and phenomenal and I can't wait for whatever this Korean comeback is going to be. Yeah, we Give me it. more music, please. We need it. Thank you. Um, so please check out some TVXQ. Watch our whole playlist of this second part. Listen to their albums. They're just so good. Yeah. And if you just put TVXQ Spotify like on shuffle, shuffle. you'll love it. It's really good. It's really it's good. It's really good. So That's all I got. So just like think about how it's really good. And we'll be right back to watch Catch Me. All right, we're back, and we have Catch Me paused on the opening 15 warning (laughs) up in the corner, so I wonder what this is going to be about. I've seen this before, but still. It's still exciting. 
So if you want to watch Catch Me With Us and view an iconic piece of K-pop history, pull it up and press play when I say go. Three, two, one, go. All right. Cells. Cells. (laughs) Synapses firing. And now we're in a room. A big circle room with like huge like speak like speakers and lots of fog on the ground oh Oh, you know okay they're wearing like black with these gold like chest pieces and of course arm braces arm braces and in this music video they have like full like robot braces on but in most music shows they just had like silver sleeves on their costumes to give the same Vibe, but these were probably heavy and uncomfortable and weird. Probably. They were probably very difficult to dance in. This is the Hulk dance. But this, like, this EDM drop, it, like, it just makes me want to shuffle. Like, yeah. There's so much punching in this dance. <laughs> but there's also, like, really, really cool formations and shit. Yeah, these little arm cages are very silly. And I love the way that they will like make one of them disappear. Like, you know, is like hidden among in all of all the backup dancers and Changmin like appears out of it. Ugh, this is my favorite thing. When they push him down. Yes, Changmin's on, no, Changmin's like laying on the ground when they push him up. Yes. I love that. Oh, that's so cool. He's like in a plank on the ground and they just make him like stand up like a superhero. (gasps) Oh, there's water floor. Those arms, those arms are iconic. They're all wearing capris. Yeah. They love those capris. Changmin wears those in something. I, and I'm not even mad about it. I was going to say, I, I never know how to feel about his little shorts. <laughs> I have firmly decided that I like them. Okay. I think objectively they're like, I don't know, douchey, but... Whoa! Oh, they, they raised the up. giant arm up. Yeah, so they do this like link arm move where they make their... It's so that it looks like they're flexing one huge, huge arm, arm, but it's made of like six arms. My favorite is when Changmin does it with two. Both, yes. Mirror tunnel. Such shiny jackets. Yeah. But again, this like this whole period, like two years of TVXQ, like looked just like this. Yeah. The geometry and the shiny and the big boxes mm-hmm. and the smoke and like, oh, this water. I know. They're doing I such love, a good they do job such of spraying good, like, it around. Yeah. It is really freaking amazing to watch the live performances of this, though, because they do sing live. Yeah, Two here arms. And then I take turns being in the front. Here it is. Flex with all of them. <laughs> but like their live vocals are so solid when they're doing all of this crazy shit. They're yes. really, they're, they're really untouchable. There's just no one else. No one else like them. <gasps> Look at that. 
there in the air. This move is so silly. They do have silly choreo. But they commit to it and they yeah. are they're they insist that it's cool because they are cool. Exactly. But honestly, like the TVXQ cheese factor is like my favorite thing about them. That's one of the reasons I love champagne so much. Yeah. Like, so one of my notes was like, you know, at his cheesiest is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And it is. I never get tired of it. And like the showmanship of them. Yes. That's like why I love something so much. Cause it's such a like theatrical mm-hmm. song, but that's, they are very theatrical in general. There's a reason Chang means start in school, Oz. <laughs> oh, I have seen him act before. <laughs> How could I forget? How could you forget? Catch me if you wanna. <gasps> Super punch into dust. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Um, well. It's recommendation time, and I think that we both truly just want to recommend this whole chunk of the discography. Like, it's just really it's, good. Like, truly just put a playlist on. It's, it's really hard. Good. It's really, really hard for me to pick a something to recommend um, because I love so, so, so many of their songs. But I didn't think about anything else as far as like a video clip or something to share. Well, I will recommend then um, some slightly old content because in this pandemic era, they have been laying low for the most part. Mm -hmm. But they did a show back in 2018 or 2019 called 72 Hours. It's a 30 episode show. Most of the episodes are 15 minutes. So... It's like a, you know, it's not that many episodes all when you spread mm-hmm. it out. Anyway, the premise of this one is that for 72 hours, they each took a job that was not being an idol. Oh, yeah. That was so and fun. And, you know, worked at an elementary school mm-hmm. and had to be like teacher, you know. And then Chang Min went and worked in a really fancy restaurant. Yeah. Um, and they both, it's like funny and they both get real humbled by their real jobs and um, they both take them very seriously and it's fun. And Mino shows up to get dinner from Chung Min's restaurant in one mm-hmm. episode and all the staff is like, oh my God, Mino's here. And they're like <laughs> freaking out. Um, but it was just like really good and fun and a nice like insight into both of their personalities. And for similar reasons, I would recommend any episodes of I Live Alone. I was literally just going to say on. my recommendation is the TVXQ I Live Alone episodes because the one, the very first one, I think that they're on the one, the first one that we watched where we like see you know in his like insanely decorated house and he like wakes up every morning and does like a concert for his stuffed animals which he's gotten all from fans I was just like this man is so strange and it's and Chung Min lives in like <laughs> and Chung Min lives in like a future house like one of yeah. those houses from those fake uh TikTok Instagram yes. ads where people have all the like yeah. gadgets he lives in one of those houses you know furnished his house from estate With, like, sales garbage only. furniture Chang Min lives in a future apartment with like blinds and yes. shit like that and there's like no color in it it's at just all. like oh. shiny and white and there's nothing <laughs> and on any couch. surfaces and the only thing that was decorative was the huge i live alone bear <laughs> <laughs> yes 
and they're just really really different people they're and i such think strange it's different so people. funny and i like i just love that they've um managed to create this like very successful like business partnership mm-hmm. um that i think kind of it's just like an interesting thing because obviously like and not saying this isn't true i'm sure this is true for lots of groups but you know fans want to be like oh my god all of my groups are like Mm -hmm. best best friends they're family and they love each other so much like you know and changmin are not friends they like don't they do not hang out. out. They only spend time together when they have to work together. But which like, is that not to say that so they well for them. Yeah, which is not to say that they do Don't not like, like each, each other, other or do not get along because they obviously get along and they constantly support each other whenever they do like solo things. They're very sweet to each other. They care very very deeply for one another. But they don't hang out. And yeah. I respect that. Like, mm-hmm. that's fine. They had to fig- they had to go through a lot of shit and figure out how they were going to do it, just the two of them. Yeah. And they are wildly different people. <laughs> and without the, like, buffer of three other dudes, sure. like, yeah. Even Boa can't work with you know. Right. Like, <laughs> right. So... Yeah. I don't know. Whatever they do, they make it work. Yeah, and I just think I just think that they're magical. They've like they've really figured something magical. out and I think it's so cool how they carry it just the two of them and that they've made it work and that like that their Japanese fans are so like love them so much and like yeah. that their popularity in Japan like is kind of on un- it's unmatched. It's it like unmatched. literally is. They break so many records and the only people who break their records are themselves. Yeah crazy crazy i love them stan <gasps> tv it was such an honor to do this deep dive on you we love you yeah we love you so much and we sincerely are hoping that putting this episode out means that you'll that announce an album we're because gonna manifest <laughs> it we're putting it out into the universe right now 2022 the year of tv tvxq love it um, all right. Well, that is it for this week. If you would like to find us online, we can be found at Pod on Twitter and Instagram, amakpoppod at gmail.com for emails. 181-AMAKPOP. Wait, 181-AMAKPOP5. If you want to leave a voicemail, P.O. Box 26096, Los Angeles, California, 90026, where you can send letters and packages. Um, Linktree slash AMAKpop will take you to our Spotify, our YouTube, our Discord, if you want to hang out with other listeners. Uh, Patreon.com slash pod for extra bonus episodes. Uh, for January, we embarrassed ourselves again with some dance charades. <laughs> Always a fun out. time Always with our dance time. charades. Always a good time. Um, and... I'm just going to say it now. Next week, real idols on the show, gang. Yeah, oh my first God. idol guests. Woo! Your predictions. So, you manifested it. You did it. Yeah. Speaking of manifesting things on this show. So stay tuned for a bunch of really exciting content coming up next week. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Bye. Jonghyun, you're our inspiration. 